This is the Equip Podcast from Cornerstone Church of Ames, a podcast designed to help you live a gospel-fueled and faithful life wherever Jesus has called you. Well, welcome again to the Equip Podcast from Cornerstone Church. My name is Mark Vance. I'm joined today by Simeon Bell. Simeon, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Mark. Glad to be here. Okay, so Simeon, we've got some some podcasts that we're going to be releasing over this semester, kind of focused on teens. Uh, if you don't know Simeon Bell, Simeon is the Director of Youth Ministry here at Cornerstone and an extraordinary one at that. And Simeon, I'm coming to you both as a pastor, but I, I'm going to have my dad, Mark, hat on for these conversations because I'm a parent of two teenagers and an 11-year-old that I think sometimes acts like a teenager, and I need your help. And mm-hmm. so the, the, we're going to have a couple different of these that we do throughout the year, but the topic for today is help me uh, as I'm trying to lead my busy teenagers. And I don't know what it feels like for other parents out there, Simeon. What it feels like to me is it's like I'm an unpaid Uber driver, and I'm just constantly in the car with smelly teens driving them, to, uh, you know, various things. I mean, tonight's a Tuesday, so guaranteed we have two different sports practices. We've got homework coming in. We've got busy stuff. My dinner table's already covered, and I'm trying to disciple them to love Jesus, and I'm feeling completely overwhelmed because I think my kids are busier than I can ever remember being Mm. as a teen. So help me here, Simeon. Like, am I alone in this? this? Is this unique to the Vance household? What are you seeing out there with kids? Well, every every parent I've talked to or every kid I've talked to um, would indicate that, no, you are not alone. <laughs> um, and it's interesting, like you said, that it's they're busier than you could ever remember being. And I would say the same thing, that even when I was in school, I thought I was incredibly busy. But it's there's a different level of commitment that kids have to different activities. Um, kids are just about committed to everything they possibly can be. Um, and there's some good in that, but it's, there's also some challenges. I think this was to me illustrated when I talked to a student recently and they told me that their teacher has them doing homework, um, in class now because teachers are starting to realize that they don't have time outside of class. They don't have time outside of school. And so with practices after school and musicals and theaters, I mean, their time has absolutely been uh, demanded of them. And so they are incredibly busy. Wow. Okay. So I'm not alone. So that that's okay. That's good. But it doesn't solve my problem here, which is I want to, I want to lead these kids well. I want to help them well. And sometimes I just find myself frustrated by the pace of it. You know, it, I talked to a bunch of families, even Simeon coming off of COVID where it's like, yeah, we didn't like being isolated from the world, but we kind of loved that we weren't going warp speed all the time. So Maybe before you help me, you know, navigate if there's a way to downshift a little bit, we should start with this question, which is, is there anything good in this? Or is this just like straight of the devil and we need to shut this stuff down? Like, is there anything good in my busy teens, you know? Yeah. So the, the good news is there is some some good in it. I, I personally, I think it's good um, that kids are committed to many things uh, for a couple of reasons. I think first, it's good that they're committed to challenging things. Uh, there's a book out there um, called The Coddling of the American Mind by Greg uh, Lukanoff and Jonathan Haidt. And it's an incredible book, parents. If you've not read it, I would suggest you go read it. 
but he he talks about one um, particular lie that kids hold nowadays, and it's called the lie of anti-fragility, meaning that what doesn't kill you, it actually makes you weaker. See, Mark, you and I back, we used yeah. to believe that what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. I think kids now, uh, they believe that anything that's challenging is not good for them. And so wow. I love when I see that kids are going out for sports or they're trying different uh, activities. I love seeing that because it's challenging and they're going to learn that it doesn't kill you if you do something a little hard. So for me, that's number one. Um, it is good in that uh, instance because it's challenging. Additionally, um, I think this also helps parents support their kids in their endeavors. Um, kids need, I always say, they need attunement, attention, and affection. Those three things. Kids need that from their primary caregivers. And if they are committed to challenging things, this enables a parent to come alongside of their kids and support them in that, to give them the attention, the attunement, and affection that they desperately need. Um, I would add to this that it's not just that they're doing challenging things. I do see kids doing th just activities in general. Um, and I actually think there's a lot of good in that as well. They're just doing things. Um, num uh, primarily, I think it's good because it enables our kids to embrace relationships, um, to live in person instead of live online. Um, in our tech craze world, it is um, it is almost like the default mode is to live on my phone, live on my Xbox, live on my computer. Every single kid is facing that ch that challenge. Um, and I love it when I see kids committed to doing things outside of technology. It's just awesome. Okay. So I'm taking that as a summary to say it's not all bad that my kid is busy, which is genuinely probably for parents. One thing is I... I almost think of the B word, the busy word as like a, this is a bad word here because as soon as we label something, oh, we're just so crazy busy. Well, okay. That's one way to think about it. Or we have a really full life that's actually full of a lot of things that we really value. We've made intentional choices about that. And I love that you even point out it's teaching our kids some of the resilience they're going to need. It's teaching them how to live and face up to challenges. And I, boy, it's been true in my teenager's life. Like, you know, playing volleyball, we find friends and we find relationship. And I think that's, that was true of my story growing up too. So I probably needed a little bit of that. So thank you, Simeon, for some hope in the busyness. I appreciate it. But now there's a little bit of the negative here too, right? Because we, it does feel like we're sometimes beyond busy. We might be trapped in a kind of negative cycle where there's so many commitments we don't know. It's like we've missed our priorities a little bit. So help me, help me on that one. How do I help my kids navigate and balance this busyness that they're living inside of? Give me some advice here from your youth pastor hat. Yeah, absolutely. I we always say that the the most formative years in a person's life um, are um, from sixth grade to twelfth grade. Um, and you could even say that goes up to 26 because the brain's not formed. But those years, sixth grade to 12th grade, when they are starting to think, um, it is the most formative years they can have. So, again, if you're committed to sports and you're committed to activities, that's not a problem. The problem is if your highest priority is not spiritual formation in Jesus Christ, then you're missing out on the formation you could have in the transformation you could have in your uh, teen years. So, yeah, Mark, I think it's challenging, but I would just give maybe a couple different recommendations that I've even gone out and talked to different parents and have seen work in their lives. Number one is 
um, I would recommend that you have a family time or a devotional time that is mandatory. I, I think you just need to, to, to call your kids to a higher standard in the house and have them open up the Bible, read, pray with your kids. Um, because we always say that kids' primary care, caregivers, what they value is what kids will end up valuing over time. It's kind of like Proverbs 22, where it says, train up a kid, a chain up a child in the way they should go and they will not depart. It's not a promise that what you value, they will value, but it's a high probability. It's a high probability that what they see you doing is what they will want to do over time as well. So that's number one. Uh, number two, I would say establish a quiet time rhythm. So that almost sounds like having a devotional time, but what that looks like is, and it can it can be in the beginning of the day, the evening, but say it's in the beginning of the day. I I would say wake your kids up earlier, <laughs> wake them up early before school. Wow. No, it's early, but wake them up, and I mean for five minutes, ten minutes. Have have a quiet time. Be in be in the living room. Um, you open your Bible up. Have your kids open their Bible up or whatever. They can sit with a journal and just sit in silence for five minutes, showing them and prioritizing to them that it's important just sit with God. Um, before you get running out in your busy day um, at school, let's sit with God. I think the, um, the, the lie that kids believe is that they're too busy to spend time with God. Uh, but I think the more obvious reality is adults are much more busier than kids. You parents mm -hmm. are much, much more busier than kids. I learned this. I was busy in high school. I got more busy in college and I'm more busy now. So adults are more busy than kids. So if you can show them that you prioritize Jesus and spending time with Jesus in the midst of your busy schedule, your kids will begin to see that and it will take away that excuse of I'm too busy. Mm, uh, so the third thing is it, it's kind of uh, the same as the first two, but at the end of the day, you just, you got to model it. I think that's it. You just have to model what it is to prioritize Jesus. You got to go to church. You got to read your Bible. Um, you got to pray with your kids. Modeling it is the key because again, what the primary caregiver values, the child over time will begin to value. Not a promise, but a high probability. Uh, one of my mentors, he in youth ministry, he did his dissertation around the question, why do kids leave the faith after high school? Like, why are they walking away? Why are they deconstructing? And the best he could do and the best he could tell is kids leave because they don't see their parents serving in the church. So it's a heady faith, but it's not a practical faith that they're seeing. And so I think when you serve um, alongside of your kids and you're modeling the faith, your kids start to see that this isn't something that I've been taught. But this is also something that my parents are actively doing. Um, so again, what you value, they value. And if you don't just value it in your head, but you value the hands of it and you're actively doing it, your kids will see and hopefully value it as well. Mm. So I'm taking notes here, Simeon, and I've got some some practical action steps of just opening the Bible with my kids. You know, and even, I mean, just as a pastor, I find that difficult to pull off regularly. And so it, that it's just a great reminder. Even for us, I, we were thinking, I, you know, recently, the this stage of busyness, one of the things we've tried to do is figure out, okay, we may not be able to change their pace, but what if we can build some like no fly zones for the busy, crazy time? So like one encouragement I would give parents is um, you might not be able to pull off every dinner table night. I, like 
we can't pull off every night, but we generally can pull off probably Monday night, Tuesday night, or Thursday night. So we try to just make sure there's a couple nights that are like on the calendar and you know, you know, it might even be as simple, Simeon, sometimes it's like, this is the day when we have the best meal of the week, you know, like make it special. If the kids love a certain type of food, cook the food on that night, like make it a special night, set the dinner table, put the, you know, like create a space that the kids know is important for the family. And so in at that dinner table space, dinner table means dialogue. It doesn't just mean like shoving food in the mouth. It means processing together. It means praying together. It means talking about your week together. So we've really found like if you create sacred space around the dinner table, some sort of rhythm there, I can't like slow them down in every aspect of life, but maybe I can slow them down for like, I don't know, (laughs) 30 minutes, you know, and, and this is another thing to think about with the dinner table is just don't allow phones at the table. Like, can they live 30 minutes without checking their phone? Yes, they can. So store the phone somewhere else. Or it's like, I used to have this, uh, Simeon, we've led small groups together. We would have the like phone bucket where if somebody pulled the phone out, it's like, well, looks like that phone needs to, to go into the phone bucket now. And so just something to disconnect them and help them engage in space. So I'd say dinner tables. And then I don't know if you've heard this from parents too, like drive times. If you are going to be the Uber driver, you know, for the entire middle school, well, you do get some windshield time of talking with your kids, you know? So I've found some of my better conversations have been like, hey, we've got an hour ride back from the sporting event. Well, that can be a really big blessing. So Maybe they don't get there a ton earlier than if they rode the bus. But if I'm with them, I get that time with them. Mm -hmm. And so I've actually secretly uh, enjoyed and taken advantage of the Ames School District's rule that I cannot give rides to just anyone coming back from sporting events. Like you can only give your kid a ride home. Well, that guarantees me alone time with my kid. So that those two drive time and dinner table time have been like little hacks to slow down the pace of my kid's life. The the image I have in my head maybe is like, you know, like a downhill skier, Simeon. It's like my kids are just sp- flying, but if they they never turn to the right or the left to slow their pace down, they're just going to fly down the hill and crash at the end of it. I'm trying to just help them navigate a little bit of some turns where they slow down a little bit to pace themselves, you know? Yeah, that's so good. I, that is a wealth of knowledge, Mark, um, and there are incredible action steps there. But what I'm taking away from what you're saying um, is that this thing is nuanced. Um, and if I would encourage parents is to s- listen to the principles behind the action, um, because what works for Mark, what works for another parent might not work for you, but the principle is what's so important. More time with your kids, helping them to prioritize what's the right thing. You know your child. Um, You know what they love, what they don't love. You know where they tend to disobey and obey. So listen to the principles behind all of this wealth of knowledge and behind all of these action steps. That would be my encouragement there. Well, let me give you a a final encouragement. Maybe if you're a parent listening and Simeon, you know, I want you to push this here, but for my kids, one of the most important, you know, little ways we help them turn going down the hill and slow up is Cornerstone Youth every week. It's like, yeah, maybe it's an activity, but of all the activities, we just have felt like we have to prioritize youth 
I remember Tyler Farner years ago, I was talking to him. They just raised great godly kids. I was like, Tyler, how did you do this? He's like, to be honest, I loved my wife and I basically just did everything the youth group did. <laughs> All of it. If they, they were going on a retreat for youth group, yep, we were going on the retreat. And that has been such a wise word of counsel to me. Mark, just send your kids to everything the youth group does. So Simeon, give us a little plug here. Cornerstone Youth, like how do kids get involved? When should I be sending my kids to that? Help us know what's going on. Absolutely. We we tell the kids that those who go together, they grow together. Meaning if you go with the right community, you'll grow in the right way. But if you grow with the wrong community, then you'll grow in the wrong way. Um, I think as a parent, um, if you can make that space mandatory, what we're going to try and do is make sure it's the right community. Um, where kids are loving Jesus together. And it just encourages kids that there are other faithful uh, students out there that love Jesus. So it is it is for sure the place to be. Um, you can, uh, every Wednesday, so if you're going to ask for times, every single Wednesday, we are here six o'clock to nine o'clock. If you're in middle school, uh, we start at six and we go to eight. If you're in high school, we start at seven and then we'll go to Nine, And then we have retreats, we have uh, conferences, all different types of activities. The best place to go is to go to our website um, at cornerstonechurch.com and you can look for the youth ministry and we have all of those dates out there. Awesome. So final, I'm going to ask you one final question. So I'm going to kind of put you on the spot here, which is, I think a lot of parents are like, listen to this and I'm listening to this too, right? Like, okay, do I need to make a rule about how busy they are? Like you cannot do things on this day. Like are are those boundaries? How do you navigate that? Because you just don't want your kids to be so busy. They're away from the things like, do I make a rule? You must go to youth group. How would you help me navigate that? Yeah, I, I think that's honestly the, the most tricky. It's the trickiest question for sure. Um, I just think that there is a tension between giving kids autonomy and then giving them rules and hard rules that you as a parent have to think through a little bit. Um, Autonomy, it kind of enables kids to make their faith their own um, instead of faith is what mom and dad do. So therefore, that's what I do. You can give them autonomy so that they can make those decisions for themselves. Rules, on the other hand, it'll enable kids to be the best, to be in the best possible places for them to grow spiritually. It's kind of like the the parable of the the sower. We want to, if you tell them they got to go to youth, at the very least, they're going to hear the gospel. And there's a higher chance that they're going to receive the gospel because they're present. And so I think holding those two things in tension is is a challenge. And each parent has to think through it. My best advice there would be the younger they are, um, the rules need to be more uh, harder. And you need to kind of make everything mandatory the younger the kid is um, because they're not able to think for themselves. And so I think putting them, uh, giving them real hard rules is wise. I think the older they get, you start to release those rules to give them that autonomy so that they can begin to make those decisions for themselves. But again, every child is different. Every parent is different. Every environment's different. So I think you, uh, the best thing I could say is just pray. Pray, pray, pray. Seek advice from parents that have gone before you um, and see, ask the Lord to, to guide you in that tension. Well, there's, there's a ton of good there. Simeon, I think in even just the macro, taking it away. Remember, uh, we're in a busy time and you're in a busy time. We're inundated with information, activities, all that. And I love the takeaway for me in some ways is I need to model 
mm. better and better for my kids. The way to live with a, you know, a non-anxious presence, a quiet heart in a busy world. And, and thanks, Simeon, for you and the youth team helping my family in that journey too, and spend a little bit of time together on the podcast today. And just a heads up, podcast listeners, we're going to do a couple of these all throughout the year. Uh, taking a look at how we help in wisdom the next generation of youth kind of navigate what they're facing. So Simeon, grateful for your time today and looking forward to some more podcast uh, conversations in the days ahead, brother. Thanks for your time. Absolutely. Thanks, Mark.